the Demon Dust Podcast, dedicated to the His Dark Materials, BBC, HBO television series, based on the works of Philip Pullman, is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II, powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Podcast where we review and chat about the His Dark Materials television series on BBC and HBO. I'm Travis Bryant. Rich Fan is with me once again. Rich, how's it going? Pretty good. Looking forward to talking about this uh, episode where I think for once to uh, Friday's chagrin we might be in agreement on something. Oh, Wait, you and I might be in agreement in, in, with yes. something, or, or usually, oh. usually, yeah, usually Friday and I are in agreement. But oh, I, I got you. I saw one of your comments, and I didn't know what it was about until I saw the episode the second time around when I caught the part I missed when I was coming back from the basketball game, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's hundred percent right. This is disgusting." Well, what what was it? I mean, might as well. the fight. The fight was horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was cheap. That was the, this is the biggest example of them not putting as much money as they needed to into this because you needed the armor, you needed that scene, the the, the ending sequence focusing on Lyra with her head around her ears and like, oh my god, that that is not no satisfying. You need, you need the man's jaw ripped down and Yorick doing okay. the howl. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I need full. I need wow. finish him just like it was in the movie. No, where no, 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 no. was like, no, it wasn't. This ends now. It was. It wasn't as as graphic in the movie as it was. They tried in the movie without being again too graphic. But in the book, yeah, he gets his lower jaw completely ripped off. His tongue just lulls out. And you, you know what took me off to that too? Hmm. The fight this weekend with UFC were. Uh, Covington got his jaw broke for free. <laughs> like that's what we needed to see. Yurik just like, Hurrah! yeah, it was uh, quite underwhelming. I, I thought the bear fight in the movie was it just what was underwhelming about that is it doesn't hold up fourteen years later or whatever it is. That's that's the only thing, and they can't help that that they made it in two thousand six or seven. Um, it's just the animation and, and CGI doesn't hold up it. but at least it was a more satisfying like it, it was outside it was in a fighting on a fighting ground you know like a, a, a battleground set up for you know one on one combat um, it was set up way better it was we'll, we'll get to it when, in, when when we get to that scene and um I mean, we're not going to blow through it. They sort of, kind of did, but you know, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was uh, called uh, the fight to the death. And did he die though? He, yeah, I mean, based yeah, on yeah, what yeah, we yeah. saw, Cause, cause, they like cause, they, they had a little snuggle, <laughs> and and Lyra was like, ooh. 
<laughs> well, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they said it like twice, at least twice. They said it's a fa- uh, fa- uh, not McPhail. One of the cart uh, deacon guys or whatever the priest guys said it to. Uh, what is that guy's name? Pavel, Fra Pavel. When he said, "What in the devil is going on?" and they told him, um, "Yeah, York's free, or or Ezra's free, Ufer is dead." And then later, McPhail told told uh, Mrs. Coulter. So yeah, he's come on. They're not gonna. What do you think, York? Just let let him. He went. He went to a little bear farm. He went to a bear farm upstate where he gets to yeah. he gets to run around and stretches. He doesn't need his armor anymore. He's got so much room for activities. <laughs> the activities. Yeah, he's learning how to he's learning how to pocket weave and crochet, and I hear he's picked up salsa. Oh man, you're for Ragnarsson doing salsa um okay well they open up with Bolvanger in shambles just just smoky fiery ruins uh, Mrs. Coulter standing in the in the uh intercision room former intercision room and just looking at all the destruction and everything's total Lyra did an absolute good job of pushing buttons. She didn't know <laughs> what did what, but everything uh, was in ruin. And she just looked on at the devastation, gave a scream, Rawr! very monkey-like, very Stephanie McMahon after her wedding renewal mm-hmm. vows in uh, you ruined everything. 2002, I think it was. Um... Yeah, 02. Triple H came back in January 02 from the quad, and then, yeah. Yeah, then the renewal. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was um, very, very well acted. Let's put it that way. She did then find Sister Clara, the nurse who, who whose demon was named Nicholas. Uh, <laughs> so she found Nurse Clara just kind of outside on her knees in the snow shivering and she's like Colter asked why aren't you at, at the airfield with everybody else you know ready to leave and she's like everybody's leaving and I don't know why she's like this is the best place you could be and Mrs. Colter goes <laughs> we cut away your demon not your brain mm. and she's like she looks at Mrs. Colter and goes you seem upset <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. Stupid idiot. And she just un- unintentionally just pissed off Mrs. Coulter. She's like, I want to please let me be his use. Because Mrs. Coulter's like, what do you do? You don't, you don't have. Which way did the balloon go? She's like, I don't know. She's like, well, you're, you're no use to me. She's like, but I want to be of use. And she's just so helpless and stupid and ignorant now that she has, you know, now that Nicholas is gone. She's just a blithering, you know, empty-eyed idiot. Husk. Yeah, husk of a, of a human. And then out of nowhere, 
Mrs. Coulter just starts strangling her. Yeah. And in the background, the golden monkey is hanging out, filing his nails, watching. Yeah, little Mr. Uh, Ozymandias over there is how, like... How about we don't do that? What? What? That is That's not, his name. That is not his name. Look upon I am Ozymandias. Oh, I'm, yeah. No. That's what he does. That is not his name. That was some some rogue... Uh, rogue? Rogue rogue writer or playwright screen guild, actor guild guy I don't know in some some two bit second rate uh, theater in England somewhere probably in like the bad neighborhood well, and, he, and he put on this play this stage play of Philip Pullman's brilliant work and he changed it and Philip Pullman on record said that is not my work I don't appreciate the change that's not his name he doesn't have a name so he doesn't have a name. So if you would respect the author, you know, of the you know who people thought didn't have a name? Frankenstein. And then it was Adam. And then we still call him Frankenstein. So I'm gonna call him Ozymandias. I'm gonna call him Ozzy. I'm gonna take it that far. I'm on American. I'm on American them. Listen, I'm, pers- okay. I'm, a, I'm a close personal friend of Philip Pullman. More, I'm closer to Garth Nix these days. Uh, if you follow the Twitter, uh, but <laughs> I can hit up his DM and be like, "Listen, Rich Fan is," uh, and he will write like a scathing op-ed in like the UK Sun or something. Well, here's where I'm at on that because, so. much like the logical Lyra, I will just read some books that have taught me that his reality doesn't exist. To me. Oh, so you will live in a fantasy world like she did. He is. It's Secret. all a construct of just just sad man, and you know, yeah. not really having the vision to to kind of push it where it needs to go. Not having a vision or not having imagination, one or the other. I mean, you say imagination to me. I say that's a construct of the weak-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have the opening credits. After oh well, she doesn't kill the woman that she's. Sister Claire, or Nurse Claire, or whatever. She doesn't kill her. She she snaps out of it, and you know they you hear the the nurse breathing, and she's still alive. And uh, she's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And then the nurse, she's like stroking her face. Mrs. Coulter is, and then Sister Claire is like, "I don't have anywhere to go." It was, it was what's his yeah. face in the nurse and in, in the a, a gentleman officer and a gentleman. Except she was, <laughs> you know, she's a nurse. She's like, "I got nowhere to go," and uh, yeah. Then we get our opening credits. Um, yeah. Any any anything about that opening scene? Bullvanger and shambles. Coulter, the, the attempted murderess. Yeah, she she snapped. I mean, she snapped from the moment her and her daughter were shame, uh, Stephanie McMahon screaming at each other. Oh yeah, it's probably been over since then. Where do you think she? I guess it's not a matter of where, because there's probably a ton of nooks and crannies she could have, and she has private access to places. Because I'm thinking, like, where'd she hide? I'm finally seeing. Okay. I'm finally. I'm such an idiot. I've seen this opening credits seven times, and I'm just now seeing, and probably more than that because I've watched them two or three times. 
and I'm finally seeing the spyglass. And it's probably because I'm reading the Amber Spyglass, and I just finished the part where she completed. Uh, and I forgot that there were two pieces. It wasn't just one piece of glass in a tube at the end. You know, like like a, yeah. like any other microscope or telescope or thing. It's two. One's at one end, the other's at the other. So, And then I finally see it in the opening credits. Like, oh, that's, it's right in the middle for like five whole seconds, and I never saw it. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I cut you off, I think. No, I was just, it was in the moment. Uh, so, yeah, so we get the credits, and then we are in the cavern, some kind of snowy cavern, and Pan and Lyra are waking up because they fell out of the balloon at the end of last episode. Um, it would have been nice if they were in some kind of snow bank and not just on the ground covered in snow. Yeah. Because as Lyra gets up, um, she holds her ribs because she's laying face down, so she fell on her front. Um, go full Peter Griffin, just go. Mm. Yeah, just for thirty seconds, just just hold your ribs. Ah. Ah, but I, it just seems like it would have been she would have been a little more injured, and I understand that. Um, you know, I, I realize like, oh, the cliff gas were it was a bunch of them on that balloon. The reason the instruments were tickety 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 was because he was losing altitude. Altitude and altimeters probably going nuts. It's because he had you know half a dozen, ten, twelve, right. uh, you know, you know, fifty to seventy-five pound cliff gas hanging onto his balloon. Uh, so when she falls, it's not from as uh, high of high of a uh, high of an altitude, but but still, a nice snowbank would have been nice. To, for her to like be crawling out of, yeah, because she's like twelve. She's not a stunt woman. Like you, 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 you took a pretty big, big fall. You should be able to. I like, just mean for the realism of well, she should have more. If she gets up holding her ribs, it should be more than that. Yeah, she'd ha- in that case, she should have like. She should be dead. She should have yeah, a lot of or, internal bleeding. Yeah, yeah. She should. She should be spitting up blood, at the very least. But. That's 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 it's minor. She does start calling out for Lee and 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 Yorick, and Pan's like, "Yo, chill. The cliff gas might might still be around, so let's not, you know, bring attention to ourselves." Yeah. And so she's walking around, and she thinks she sees Yorick, and but it's another bear with armor. Bless her. And uh, and it roars at her, and she shook Daddy. Yeah, she should. She's like, some of my best friends are bears. <laughs> uh, we cut next to Boreal really quickly crossing over. And I wrote, was he being chased? He was in a hustle. Because we know what's going on in Lyra's world, the world he is leaving, and he's coming into our world. So he was leaving that world with all this chaos happening in it. Yeah. And again, I don't think he's being chased. I'm not sure why, if it would make sense if it turns out he was being chased. But why was he in such a hurry? Yeah, that's a good question. I 
right now, based on what he's shown us, he has a lot more questions and answers, and I kind of like that because that's going to lead to well, especially because yeah, it's going to lead really nicely into season two and yeah, why you should stick around, you know, and speculate for a year and and come back next year for season two. Uh, but that was just a quick scene of uh, of Boreal crossing over. Oh, w- w- back up a tiny bit before before Lyra like she gets up holding her ribs, but before she got she stood all the way up while she was on her knees. Pan, who was a Snow White in his favorite Snow White ermine form ran towards her up her up her thigh turned into a mouse and ran up her coat that was pretty smooth and it was just like ah that's all I asked for just like hey where's Pan why isn't Pan showing why isn't he on display and we know because it's not again because they're not always especially out there in the winter with those elements makes sense for them uh, uh, to be to be close to her but I like that they right there right in front of you on screen boop 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 tr- runs transforms runs and in, turns into a small thing and then and, and hides away inside her her clothes um, you know he did that as a moth always in her hair or some kind of you know little insect uh, next thing you know she's getting tossed into a cell uh, well she gets they walk up to the palace it's like this rock it's like this awesome okay I want a homework assignment for everybody right and, and you too rich if you haven't heard about this um, okay. there's a ton of other ones it looks like and there's a famous one in Turkey and I can't think of uh, uh, think of what it's called but there's a there's a cave uh, structure in India called the Ajanta Caves. A J A N T A. Ajanta Caves, and it is hewn from the mountain. This granite mountain. They just decided to make like twenty-one. Like these. I can't even begin to explain what the Ajanta Caves look like it is spectacular and then and to think that some third century bc monks you know with no diamond tip instruments that could cut through granite decided to just make this entire uh, uh complex in this mountainside out of you know but the palace uh the the, the bear palace is sort of uh, it's sort of again it reminds me of the one in Turkey more and I'm actually looking it up ah oh nope that's not it um yeah no great great audio me looking well, I mean, <laughs> looking for a thing on my my face. If you're sending it in to be edited, it would be great if you know this would be a great time for Cam to just hit my little young remix of the of the theme. Well, whatever. Um, 
it's it's really awesome and and anybody that knows like archaeology knows the uh it's a giant structure it's built into these like clay colored mountainsides it's got pillars but it's all hewn from the mountain like you know if you're familiar with the lalabella churches in ethiopia they're just somebody just decided to hewn down into the earth and build a structure out of around it yeah it's I'm all into the archaeology and the hidden history and the ancient astronaut stuff so yeah don't get me started Uh, moving on Lyra's at the fortress the big cave fortress and it's it's again in the side of a mountain or cliffside. The stairs leading inside are covered in blood and snow and gore. Uh, she's she's put in a cell. She does uh, read the alethiometer and um, to get some answers like where's uh, is it, I think she asks where's Yurik and no, whatever she asks she asks the alethiometer. Yeah. Um, if anyone's gonna, oh, Pan's like, ask if anyone's uh, gonna rescue us. So she asks, "Where's Yorick?" And it tells her that uh, he found, he saw where the balloon went down and, and and saw the bear tracks, and he's on his way. And uh, and so she's she's convinced, and she smiles to herself. He's coming to rescue us. Pan then goes to explore the rest of the cell that they're in. And they find that they're not alone. And, uh, yeah, so she's saying to herself, I wish I was a witch and you could fly away and go separate and go explore. And he wakes up and goes, but you're not a witch. You're a little girl. And she's like, who are you? <laughs> Jotham Santilia. Regis Professor. Hater Regis- Yeah, he is. Regis Professor of Cosmology at the University of Gloucester. Uh, she's like, you're a scholar? And he's like, yeah, and who are you? What's your name? And she's like, Lyra Balakwa. Do you know my father, uh, Azrael Balakwa? And he's just... He's, uh... He scoffs, <laughs> and he kind of just laughs at her, like... Bad loser? Yeah. He was like, he sat not long ago, he was sitting there where you are now but though he called him a rogue the rogue tricked his way into Yorfer's uh cheated his way onto Yorfer's side um, and then he's like where it is Yorfer let him return and do his laboratory stuff and on one of the highest mountains uh, but make no mistakes he's a prisoner here uh, his laboratory is still a prison he's not leaving and she's uh, whatever. York, uh, York will come and save me. And she's like, <laughs> and then Jotham's like, no, he's not. I think that's the word, the name the the, the scholar was in the book. I'm pretty sure they're pretty consistent with that. Um, he's like, there are two hundred bears here. They'll they'll kill him with fire hurlers before he even gets close. Uh, and then they'll set upon his corpse like a seal, like he's a seal or a walrus. And then he admits, York should have been king, but he was disgraced and exiled. He'll never be allowed back in the palace. Hatred is a powerful motor. And King Yorfer hates every inch of York. You're stuck in here as, I, as am I. You'll, you know, 
until you yeah, wilt. Until you, until you see RPG. Yeah, this is like this is uh, the 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 hatred of of Yorick and some of it was exposition, but but it was it was it was natural. It's better. Mm-hmm. It's better in a book because you've got five pages of her to get to know this man and and really yeah. find out the psychology of you for that plan of hers starts starts rattling around in her in her head. She doesn't even know in the book what her plan is, and she and she doesn't want to think of it because it's so un unformed that she thinks if I think of it. Um, uh, you know it'll, it'll fall apart and so she waited to before she even really sat down and thought about it um, then they show they, they do show uh, Yorick on the tundra like racing his way towards the mountains um, and then they cut back to Lyra talking to uh, talking to Jotham and and um oh what did she say specifically because he, it makes him it makes him tell her basically the the thing the aha moment which mm, I'm trying to remember and I don't yeah, no, 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 I was I was rewinding so I could get the uh, get the wording exact it was just um, so she's sitting there in the cell thinking there's a uh, she she then asks, "Come on." She asks Jothan, um, "You know, I, I heard the what Euphor wants the most is to be a human." And the scholar goes, "Yeah, that's why he ho- hired me." And my downfall came when I told him the truth. You know, you're a bear and you'll always be. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her, "Unless you're a witch and you can magic him up a demon, you'll fail to please him just as I have." And he'll be stuck here forever. And that's when the light switch goes like off that. in her head. And as a viewer, you're like, what? 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 What's she here? What, what was she thinking? Um, she demands, uh, she goes to the to the, to the the gates and demands to speak to Yurfer. She has uh, information about Yurik Bernison that he has to know. Uh, in the book, they went a little further with the uh, bears coming to her going, Who the hell are you to demand to see the king? And she goes, I have, biz- I have, uh, I have knowledge that he needs to know, and it's not right if I tell you. She- oh, because they're like, tell us, and we'll tell him. And she's like, no, he's the king, and and it's not right that he doesn't know first. How would you? Do you want to be the one? Do you want it? Like when I tell him this stuff, and then tell him I had to tell you first, he's going to be super pissed. And they look at each other, the two bear guards. And because you first changed everything, he wants to be human. He loves Mrs. Coulter. He carries a demon. He carries a doll around with him, a human-looking doll, like Raggedy Ann doll, because he wants to be. He wants a demon. I swore I saw that in the preview, in one of the like. I think you were seeing things. And then yeah, and then I don't think, unless I missed it in the. Uh, and, and at his on his throne, I didn't I didn't notice when she first came in to see him. I'll I'll watch it. It's it's coming up in my rewatch now. Um, 
but uh, but but that was her. Um, what was I saying? Um, the Raggedy Ann crud. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, oh, so everything was changing once your forgotten power. He wanted to. He used gold. He had the place it smelling like incense. Like it's still like when you see it, it's all gore and blood and seal meat and everything. It's just gross. But to cover up the smell, he had potpourri and incense and all kinds of fragrances burning and 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 you know and. Uh, he had gold laden everything, and bears don't deal in gold. They deal in sky iron. Gold is bullshit. Gold can't stop a bullet. I mean, maybe it could, but yeah, it's a very it it's a very soft, malleable metal. You you know, it doesn't take much to melt down gold and read fashion it in something else. They deal in sky iron. He wants, but Yofer wants to be human. He wants to indulge in human things like doubt and jealousy and all those kinds of things and that's the reason he was able to be tricked because he wants to be human if he was a bear like in the books when they do the fencing ex- uh, ex- exercise where Lyra just can't in any way stab Yorick and he's not even trying he's just like with a, one finger like just batting her away showing that as he said last week, or a couple episodes ago in the Lost Boy episode, bears see lies and deceit as plain as limbs. So when you're lying to a bear, they just know it. A human is just, they just know yeah. it. So you can't lie to a bear unless the bear hates himself and doesn't want to be a bear. Then he has blind spots. Because like, and he's a human. Like a human. And he can lie to a human. A human can be tricked and deceived, and a human can be flattered and all kinds of stuff. Um, so boom, she gets the aha moment. Um, she tells Pan she she reaches down who who we saw earlier go run up into her coat she talks into her collar stay hidden he's like yeah no doubt <laughs> don't gotta tell me twice <laughs> like I'm cool uh, so you didn't get the scene with the two bears looking at each other with all this doubt because everything is different now and they better they better just like okay let's just do it because who knows now he's filling all the bears with doubt bears don't doubt now all the bears are doubting and she's able to take advantage Uh, now that also leads to another question too because you just mentioned a bear doubting himself, hating himself becoming more human and to follow up on our question from last week when we were talking about like travel and sports and stuff how do animals view demons like do they smell them and is it the same scent as the human is it a scent of an animal with a tinge of a human mm-hmm. because that's I was like how does well, he not scent have a scent of pantalimon so we 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 find out more in the secret commonwealth sort of we find out in Lyra's Oxford is our first hint of it because they they basically okay let me Okay, now your first throne. I don't see no doll. No doll. No. Uh... Yeah. But in Lyra's Oxford, we and we get the first hint, and then we get it's very blatant. They just say it outright. 
in uh, Secret Commonwealth that demon uh, animals, excuse me, animals see humans. They just see the human. They don't see a bird or whatever the demon's supposed to be. That's why they're not fooled at all. Like a human, if a human sees a demon, another person's demon, they know it's a demon as well. Not as quickly as an animal seeing the demon, though. Because the demon sees it, like the human sees the demon as an animal form. They don't see it as an animal, they see it as an animal form. Animals see demons as human. I don't know if it's a a little human, a a, a, a ghost-like human, I don't know. Now they're zooming in on the throne, still no doll, I see his helmet. I see bones of some sort, but but no, no doll. Maybe they, yeah, maybe that was like a movie trailer or something. I don't know, they somebody spliced in because, or maybe they took it out. Like that happens. Yeah. Or maybe I saw something. I just saw what I, <laughs> you know, wanted to see. Just seeing some. Um. Okay, then we cut real again to Boreal in our world. He's in his car, and he's watching that same BBC clip of John Perry from 13, you know, 12 years ago that Will was watching last week. And he rewinds the part where he's talking about, I'm going to write, I'm going to, I'm just going to write them every day. I'm going to just, yeah, I'll probably end up writing some epic letters because he's like, I don't, yeah, talking about his son, his at the time, one-year-old baby kid. Uh, back in back in the Bear Palace, um, Lyra's led to Euphor, and he's like, "Who's this child? Like, uh, why is this? Why is this child? Why did y'all bring this child to me? Who are you?" And she goes, she she bows, and you know, she she knows how. Just like John Fa, uh, uh, yeah, just like John Fa earlier said to her, "You only call me Lord Fa when you want something, <laughs> right?" Mm-hmm. So she knows how to play adults, people in power. You know, it's just something that she's uh, certainly akin to doing and getting better at. And you could t- every episode I see, I say, "Oh, I see the silver tongue. I get the, I get it. It's they're doing it just just a little differently, but." They're definitely doing it. And uh, here was another thing. She Before she gets to him, she bows. Oh, great, you, King Ragnarsson. Um, you know, I have uh, I have something to tell you. Um, I'm I'm Eurek Berenson's demon. And she's like, and and and, and Euphor's like, like what? Like, that's not a thing. Bears don't have demons. Um. He does tell all the bears, the other bears, to leave once he realizes this is a, uh, you know. Some- well, she said it was a secret, and then when when he she kind of did the whisper, whisper, he stared her down, and that was perfect perspective by the shot of that, especially with three D, with not three D, with the computer imaging, where it looked like he's yelling at her, but she's really he's really yelling at the other bears to like hit the bricks. Yeah, bears leave, and they all skate. They, you know, they they bounce as as instructed, as ordered, and uh, she proceeds to do the. I mean, this was as true to the books 
uh, a conversation as as it could get in this you know mm-hmm. okay we got to do this scene in four minutes how can we pack you know whatever f- five six eight. days worth of yeah no 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 no. i just mean this kind this conversation with you for her her telling him she's a demon and him going you're just no you're not you're human how can you be a demon how can bears have demons she's like well we have our humans demons are animals it makes sense that an animal's demon would be a human and he's like okay but how did you get a demon it's like ball of anger Mrs. Coulter didn't tell you everything that was going on in there. Um, it's like they were cutting children. He's like, "Yep, also making artificial demons." And your and York was the first to get one, but it should have been you. I'd much rather be your demon. And that's why I came. That's why I came here to, you know. And so he's like. Mrs. Coulter didn't give me a demon. What the hell? I imprisoned Lord Azriel for her. And then she's like, I want to be with you. That's why I'm here. Uh, to tell you that this that there is a way for me to be your demon. And he's like, what? How? It's like, York's on his way. Uh, he's coming for you now. He's like, my bears will kill him before he even gets close. She's like, I know, but he thinks you can, he can challenge you for the throne um, and if he but what he doesn't know is if, if you beat him in single combat all his power will flow into you and we will be as one <laughs> we will be united or whatever so he's circling around her like you know predator the predator he is and then he comes up behind her and he's like prove it and she's like ask me something that only uh only a demon would know and he goes look if you're lying to me I'll feed you to York myself and he says what what was the first creature that I killed and she says can I go off into a room by myself he's like anything you need to do you can do right here and he gets like it right in her face and she holds her ground and says number one I will die before I reveal my secrets. Number two, when I'm your demon, I'll show you all of this. Or I think I might have had it backwards. Number one, yeah, when I'm your fun. demon, I'll show you. And number two, I'll die before I give up my secrets. And he's just looking down and like, like yeah, he's not even. She's not even scared. Like what the hell? And he's like, all right, go over there. And she turns around and like. And then she goes around the corner. She reads the alethiometers in this like relief state, relieved state. And um, she asks, "Where's York? He's almost there. Uh, how do I, um, or not? How do I beat him? But what was the thing that he killed? What was the first creature?" And it tells her. And she goes in there. She bows down even deeper this time. Oh, you're great, Yurik Ragnarsson. I did not know you were such a great. He's like, you're stalling for time. Like, come on, don't play me. It's like, the first creature you killed was your father. You must. And he and he has this look like, wow, she how'd she know? And he goes, you must. Oh, and then Lyra says, you must be a new god. <laughs> she really did go uh, she, all she laid the way it on over so the thick, and he's such a insecure 
self-hating piece of crap that he's just does this sound familiar you just flatter the guy into getting what you want from yeah. him <laughs> just pop on a couple of uh, bear newses <laughs> bear news and friends you know mm-hmm. early in the morning I just heard I just heard everything. I got my own demon <laughs> oh, oh, that's a little bit of a big seal Ballvanger is doing the Lord's work Mm, look what Jesus did (laughs) Um, so he's like wow okay Um, so she she starts playing him some more she's like look the other bears aren't gonna aren't gonna understand look tell tell them you called your yourself make it your idea not his he's like yeah I'll make it my idea (laughs) Yeah, here, you want to get this budget passed? Just tell him that uh, you uh, yelled at old Nancy, and uh, it's cool. <laughs> Me and Chuckles, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, that, that's right. Mm, I called him here. And in the book, it's a li- it, this is where it starts to get, because they just have to pack so much in into you know a minute. Uh, but he's, she's like, I need to leave. We need to keep it. She's like, she's like why are you leaving? She's like, York approaches. I can feel him. He he must not know what he's fighting for or it'll make him too passionate. He can't see that I'm loyal to you. And he's like, no, you must stay here with me, demon. And then she holds her ground again and she gets close. If you make me, I will stay. But give me a chance to prove my love. And she says it like right into his ear. Like Mrs. Coulter, all like soft and sweet. Learn from mama. Uh-huh. He's like, he's like fine. Go to him. Prepare me for battle. I guess he like screams to nobody because he made all the bears leave. So <laughs> not sure who. Prepare me for battle. So who? I'm ready to fight. Who he was screaming at? It's gonna be huge. We cut to Boreal uh, approaching the uh, Perry home. He's uh, looking at Elaine through the glass door, and he's like, "I was back in Oxford. I thought we could have that chat." She's like, "No, thank you." He looks at the doorknob. She looks at the doorknob. They both reach for the doorknob. He beats her to it. He's opening the door slowly, and he's breathing on the glass through his nose, and it's like putting two streaks of steam on the glass. And I was like, this. And he slithers his way into the th- into the foyer and closes the door and looks over his shoulder, you know, looks out, and he's like, I have urgent information about your husband. Um, and I can't say it to you on your porch. Where's your lounge? And I'm assuming I don't know if lounge means couch or living room. You know, I feel like it's living room, and some of our UK friends will be able to explain it. Yeah, yeah, like 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 a boot is a trunk of a car. Limey jerks. <laughs> And their weird spelling and, and, you know, armor and favor and honor has an extra unnecessary U in it. I mean, what is wrong with you guys? Um, I learned uh, that a lot of those words got shit like armor. The U got dropped in a lot of those words. Uh, um, um, cancel or canceling, you mm-hmm. know, the American version has one L. You know, a lot of it because in 
printing presses of the like 18th century uh 19th century printing printing pre- you know precious space <laughs> you know each letter you know so they were like hey if we can drop off this dumbass u and drop an l and canceling and those kinds of words we can uh you know pack in a few few more words per 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 article or whatever so i i think that's if i'm if i'm not mistaken the origins of why the the american version of those words are different i don't like well why didn't they they had printing presses in england and in the uk why didn't they uh feel the need to save space anyway um he he feeds arboreal feeds Elaine Perry this story about that he's with some secret service. She's like, "Am I five? Am I six? He's like, "We'd much rather not answer that question." First off, who's we? Because we know who we is, but she's like, "It's made." I guess he's making it seem like you know the agency, but um, we're investigating the disappearance thirteen years ago of some rather valuable objects dangerous objects and your husband's name keeps getting bought up alright this make that line valuable mm-hmm. objects makes me think of book 2 Subtle Knife which I finished reading last week and Charles Latram Carlo Boreal as we know him in Liar's World was looking for the Subtle Knife Esahetre and and you never understood knew well he he knew because he had been in that world and learned about a bunch of difference he knew so much more than he he let on which I, I'm thinking they're probably going the same way with uh, with the TV version of Boreal and she's like what objects but he doesn't get into it but it definitely made me think he already knows about the knife it's like everything that they're doing and it makes sense everything that they're doing with Will, Elaine, and Boreal and his henchmen uh, is just leading to so season two is smooth and it's just like no, no bumps just mm, yeah. right on into this story. Chittagatsi makes sense. The knife will start to make sense because he's like, oh, those objects. Oh, okay. Wow. Even though John has nothing to do with those objects in the book and I don't think he'll be connected to them uh, uh, in the show because it, I, I just don't think there's a, a way to connect that. I, I, it's just Boreal spinning and making a story and, um, using knowledge he he has. So he uses the hacking hacking of her bank, you know, cause when she tries to say I don't have anything for my husband, I don't know he left me with nothing. He's able to throw in her face. Uh, well, what about the money he sends you every month? So she's like, oh, she's getting the impression he might be some kind of agent or, uh, or somebody. He's more than just some guy, some weirdo that's obsessed with her husband or her. And she's like, he's like, do you know what would happen if you're if you're hiding evidence uh, from the king's or from the queen's? Uh, I, I forget what he called it, the queen's empire I don't freaking know and she's like I have no proof that you are part of the queen's entourage or whatever and uh, by this time they're both standing up and like it's really intense and uh, she's like you know get out of my house it's like I can search this place if I want she's like 
but what warrant? He's like, I'll get one. And she's like, well, until then, get the hell out, or I'll call the cops, and they'll sort it out. Um, and then he puts his hand on his face, like in exasperation, like his uh, four middle and forefinger, middle finger, and thumb on his forehead, like, <sighs> and you, you only hear it as an audience member watching. You only hear, you hear snake hissing, and you see her reaction. So I, I rewound it a bunch of times. I didn't see the snake peek its head out of its out of the sleeve, but maybe from her vantage point. Um, she was able to see something. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, like a little hidden. Yeah, he he does. She does. She does tell him in a really awesome line. Look, I'm afraid of everything. You're just one more thing. <laughs> I was like, wait. I was like, way to own your weakness. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like you, like you. It's really a strength if you can turn. Yeah, like, hey, I know I'm afraid of everything, so. It's not a surprise. Her Majesty's government. That's why I have no. I, and she's like, can I see some some, uh, some ID? And then he's like running through all the things that he could do to her. And then he's like, I could have your son put in care. No, I. Uh, being frightened of you is just one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he's and then he's like, I can. Uh, you don't want you don't want that smoke because. You know, you don't want your son in care, and that's when she kind of like he knows he he's got her in some way. Um, and then the snake thing happens, and then he gaslights her, and tries to tell her it's her mind playing tricks on her. Um, it's a trick of the light. Ooh. Then he's like, "I'll leave, but you know, I'm gonna be back with uh, the proper paperwork." So. And then he left. And uh, and uh, he goes out to the car, and and Thomas and the other henchman henchman is there, and uh, he's pissed, and he's just like, "We got to get them letters," <laughs> <laughs> like straight up, like no messing around. What are we doing? We got to get them letters. Um. Yeah, then we get York arriving. He shows up to the palace entrance. Lyra's there waiting for him. She quickly fills him fills him in. Uh, in the book, again, it's all outside and on a on a fighting ground. So she's able to run towards him and like get completely out of earshot of anybody uh, any of the other bears. And then she fills him in. I mean, they they get that all and it just happens really quickly. And he's wearing armor. Yorick is when he arrives. Then you hear Yuffer in the background scream, presumably, at Yorick, who he knows is there. Uh, come to your, you know, come to your king. It's creepy. And he's standing there with no armor. And you're like, um, what's about to happen? Where's his armor? Like, how are you gonna, f- like, what's the point of being an armored bear if, when it's time to fight, you take off your armor? 
man, they haven't had a bunch of misses, just total swings and misses on this in in this series so far. Uh, but this is the second major swing and miss. I thought the first one was last week, Lyra and and Pan getting out of the inter- intercision machine, machine and them not immediately being all over each other in relief and affection. And this one was... Uh, and this week it was the bear fight. Oh, your king awaits you! Is this your king? And then they show York... Or Yuffer, who painted his face, and you understand why once they start fighting, and it's just two similar-sized white polar bears <laughs> tussling. So you have to go, you have to know uh, who's landing the blows, and you know, so to keep the tension. Yuffer uh, is significantly bigger; like he's a little thicker. I think they're about the same height. Yuffer's just just thicker and uh, York's like you're no real king I'm going to bring you a real fight and uh, they growl and roar and then they they start fighting and the fight fight the actual fighting part was was okay I thought Lyra being that close to the damn battle floor ground where she had to move she had to jump out of the way or Yofer Ragnarsson would have crashed right into her and definitely killed her. Was, he crashed into a stone pillar and, like, hurt himself. So if her, right. like, little 80-pound self was in the middle there, she would have been squished or broken in half, maybe literally. Uh, and then a thing up a light fixture almost fell on her, or a torch-holding thing almost fell on her, which looks like it's a whale rib, so it's it's pretty cool. So the room, the hallway thing is lined with these torches or or you know, torch holders with torches on the end of them, but they're whale bones. They're whale ribs or some kind of giant rib. <laughs> like well what kind of what, a brontosaurus rib? So yeah, it's probably, you know, they're ocean, you know, eating seals and walrus. So I'm sure they can take down a or get it all whale or something. I don't know. But the whole room is lined with them. And I'm talking about it because I just noticed this time, go, this third watch. Um, so, yeah, they fight. York gets the advantage. Then Yorfer gets the advantage. He bites his neck a couple times and thinks he has him down. Uh, then he says one of the lines from the book. <laughs> he goes, he goes, uh, He's like, look at him. He's not, this is no king. Whimpering pup! And then smacks him in the face. And in the book, he called him a few other choice, like, you know, choice words. And then Lyra's dumbass runs onto the battle area and hugs York around his neck and is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And in the meantime, Yuffer's just like, We're gonna, I'm going to put his head above my palace. And, and and his name will be obliterated and stricken from the record books. And he, and, he, and he looks, he turns around and sees Lyra, like, hugging York. And is like, why are you helping him? You're no demon. And he rears up to, like, you know, smack her down. And that's all the love, that's, or that's all the motivation York needed to uh, finish him off. And... 
the way they show it is Lyra's like bent over holding her head like holding her ears not to hear the carnage and they're behind her York's on top and you just see your first legs uh, wiggling 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 or like struggling 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 and then they just stop and then quickly they jump to the next scene of Lyra uh, pressing blood moss into his, his open wounds yeah that was like boom 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 just like there was no way to cut to the next scene uh, without it being it was like when Poochie went to his home planet and they just like beep, 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 boop. yeah they just put up a sign Poochie went back to his home yeah. planet <laughs> and so she's helping she's putting the blood moss into his into his wounds he's like I can't believe you tricked a bear <laughs> you are no longer Lyra Balakwa from now on you are Lyra Silvertongue She's like, hey, Lyra Silvertongue, I like it. So she's got her name. And that's how she gets the Lyra Silvertongue name. And it's all, uh, that's pretty much the same from the books. I don't know how he didn't die when he was getting, like, bitten around his neck like that. Right. So that was a little, uh, a little much. But he explained, I tricked, I tricked him. I was able to basically pretend. In the book, the way he tricked him was, he was, he pretended he one of his one of his uh, paws was break was broken. So for the whole second half of the fight, he was just like patting him with it, like pretending he had no strength in it. So he was just like every time he threw a right, it just didn't hurt. So you first started. Oh, that was it. He was like, that was one of the names he called him. Look at him, broken Paul. Like, come on, Yofer, you gotta come, come up with some better zingers than whimpering pup, broken <laughs> Paul. Like, your snaps are trash, my man. Uh, but so he just pretended his like his whole right side, his whole whole right side was 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 weak. Uh, so Yuffer just let his guard down and then he was able to, one last gasp of energy, just swipe across him swipe the bottom of his jaw off his face <laughs> so he, it's pretty it's the same concept I, I was I was knew I could trick him so I just basically played possum because bears can't play possum with other bears because they see deception and, dis- and trickery as clearly as limbs on a body so you can't do that. You just have to be a better fighter. You can't feign an injury or play possum or dupe a guy or, or you know, or another bear. So he played possum. He was his whimpering pup and got Yurfer to turn his back and talk but talk a bunch of trash to his bear buddies. <laughs> and then Lyra, like I said, gave him that extra strength to finish him off. Uh, we didn't cut back to uh, our world. Lane showed up to Will's school to tell him what happened. You know, the men broke in. There was a snake. He said he was with an agency. He wasn't. She's just lit, like livid and scared and you know crying and ever and everything. And he's just like not here because he's at school. He's getting out of class. And he's like looking out, looking over his shoulder, making sure nobody sees what's going on. He's just scared somebody's going to report his mom and somebody, some agent is going to agency's gonna come and take him to some foster home um and I definitely understand that fear that's definitely understandable uh 
Uh, cut back to uh, York. He sets the bear straight. He tells uh, he tells Lyra he'll and and uh, he'll take. Oh no, he then takes uh, Lyra to to Roger. They find each other. They hug. They're so excited to see each other. Roger's like, "Yeah, we fell out of the balloon, sort kind of after you did," which I didn't understand. Like, fell out or jumped out? I didn't. That was un. That was unclear. I, I think that's because they're tying it into. <clears throat> Sorry. I think it's because they're tying it into this whole idea of. Um, crap my brain stopped working it's like to me it seemed like they're just I don't know it's weird yeah I don't understand it necessarily but he t- okay, so York takes her to Lyra or takes Lyra to Roger uh, they're happy to see each other York's like hey I need you to read your symbol reader and, and tell me um tell me if if Lee is safe oh before that he gave the edict to his bears no more killing in this place uh, in the palace it's a time for a new new beginning uh, a bear a new bear beginning we're doing bear things not human things and that one bear doing their taxes was pissed <laughs> he's like I, tur- I, I learned this entire uh, uh, e-tax uh, pamphlet or you know software for y'all now we're not going to do this now I got this insurance policy damn it he's got uh, the little green hat <laughs> with the green visor yeah yeah um, so um Yeah, so 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 she reads the thing. She's like, "Okay, Lee's fine. He crashed, but he's safe, and the Magisterium is on their way." Because he's because Lee York told her, "He's like, your fur was the Magisterium's puppet, so we need to find out what they what they're doing." Oh, and Roger's still wearing his Balvanger snowsuit, <laughs> which it just needs not, a little B. It just needs that slim B on it. It's it's not. You know, of course. That's what else would he wear? It's not like he bought a, a, a change of clothes, but uh, but you definitely get Pan and and Cecilia over there in the cut, not very obviously, but noticeable, like hanging out and greeting each other. So that was cool. Um. So yeah, so he says, yeah, Lee's safe. The Magisterium's on their way. We cut then. Uh, to the magisterium, and you got Fra Pavel walking up to the to the other uh, deacons and and, 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 and and clergy guys, and um... oh, before so when when York says we get back to bear things, not human things, the bears start taking off their armor. Was that to indicate? That the armor was a humanizing thing. No, 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 no. That that particular armor, that fancy gilded armor that Yuffer had all of them wearing with gold helmets and it was all fancy compared to York's dingy looking armadillo armor. Theirs was all like golden and gilded and had designs all on it. I think because in the book they threw everything not gold or not sky iron into the river. Or whatever to see, they just threw it all into the sea. It was like this ain't us. 
So I'm wondering if that was. Uh, I wish they were a little more on the nose with. If somehow York was able to get in a line. But I guess see maybe that's why they couldn't have them fight in the armor because York's was better. Because in the in the books, Eofer's uh, armor was just as good. So I think it's just well just gilded. I think it's, it's probably still sky iron. It's just they made it all fancy looking. I don't know. I doubt they lost there. If you look at all the like statues and stuff they clearly know how to they didn't lose their workmanship they're just you know a little different uh yeah so uh Fra Pavel gets filled in on uh that Yuffers did that Azrael's free and everybody's headed north even you <laughs> and Fra Pavel didn't exactly look thrilled nope then we're back north but with Mrs. Coulter, she's in a hangar. It's a bunch of soldiers and stuff doing soldier stuff, getting equipment and materials and weapons all stored and stashed away. Father McPhail is there. She's like, mm, our paths keep crossing. He's like, why aren't you headed home? The Cardinal wants to see you. You failed, Marissa. Your 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 experiments we yield, yielded nothing. Your everything's in ruin. Go home. Yuffers dead. Azrael's, you know, free. And she's like, you're terrified of him, aren't you? Why? Are you afraid that he's going to, you know, beat you? Beat you to it? You think he knows more about Dusk than you? Fra Pavel snapped his fingers and made the soldiers that were, like, hanging out with him, like, walk away. So I guess they didn't see him get dressed down by Mrs. Coulter. <clears throat> and then they have a back, they have a back and forth. And uh, she she's like, I know Azrael. I know I can smell his next move. You'll need the Magisterium will need my help. And she like does that thing which she did before in her office, where she got all close and invaded his personal space. She doesn't do that with everybody, but with him, I think that might suggest. A f- uh, I don't know if it's a relationship because he's a. F- I think he's probably he's a zealot. He's probably super faithful to. Right, his vows, unless there's a like you know, prepubescent boy involved, and uh, and probably not. But I I do wonder why she chooses him if it's because he's a father, a priest that she tries to goad him and be extra sassy with him. Then he lifts her chin up, and I didn't understand where she got this bruise on her chin because I looked when she was fight uh when she was um choking out uh, <laughs> Sister Clara maybe I was like Did Sister Clara like throw a hand up and like maybe cut her like punch her in the chin a little bit swipe her face no so I'm not sure where in the episode where she could have gotten that little bruise on her chin between that scene with Sister Clara and now She did give her monkey like a weird look, like the, like she slapped her monkey. I doubt her monkey slapped her back. That'd have been awesome to see. Yeah, just just like, the look on her face, like you little yeah. monkey bastard. How, like, how dare you? <laughs> um, so 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 it seems like uh, she convinced him to let. To, see, she convinced McPhail to to take to take her along with them to find Azrael. He he tells he goes. 
You understand what I mean, though. Azrael must die. <laughs> I was like, wasn't that a movie? No, it was Romeo Must Die. And John Tucker. <laughs> Who? John Tucker. Who the heck is that? It was a, like, dude in high school who was hitting on, like, all the hot women. And they all figured out that they were all getting used. So then they uh, figured out it's time to murk this fool. <laughs> John Tucker Must Die. Cut back to uh, our world, the henchmen. Not Thomas, just the, the single henchman, the, the obvious goon um, of the of the duo, crime duo, is just rummaging through their stuff. And he's in the crib. He's just going through drawers. He's like opening up a makeup tin. Like, fam, ain't no papers in there. You're just being creepy. You're just and just being newsy. You're just looking yeah. through people's stuff. Like, why are you? But then there, Will and her get back home from school, and he hears the the the, the henchman hears the keys jingling in in the in the door, and he he books. They come in, they notice everything's tossed around. He takes her to his coach, his boxing coach's house, and asks if he can stay, if she can stay. Um, and she, she, he's like, remember you said your door was, was always open? He's like, she might need to stay tonight. He's like, okay, might have some spare pajamas. We'll be okay. And then Will reassures uh, his mom. He's like, look, uh, Mr. Hanway's a really good man. He'll, he'll keep you safe here. He hugs her, gives her a kiss. He's like, she, she encourages him to go find the papers. Um, I just read the, the subtle knife, but this was in the first t- chapter or two. When he yeah. when he takes her to, it's a woman, it's an older lady, um, to basically do the same thing. Hey, can she stay here? Uh, here's some money for for food, but she might need to stay here a few nights. I gotta do some stuff, and and I wonder if her name was Mrs. Hanway. Um, but but it, they did it a little differently because she was just out of it. And Will just needed his mom to be somewhere safe while he could think. It wasn't, they hadn't gotten, no one had broken in or they didn't know people were watching them or anything like that. And the, the neighbor or the woman, the old lady goes, notices Mrs. Perry only has one side of her face made up or one eye like made up with like eyeliner and maybe some whatever shadow or stuff on her eyes. And that's again, cause she's, you know, not quite the most stable person uh, and that's to give away that she's uh, you know not quite herself and gives the old lady some sympathy like okay uh, I'll, I'll take her so again Will hugs her and just reassures her she'll be safe I don't understand so the coach goes why don't we just call the cops Will says we can't they'll see her they'll put me in care this is the second time he said that to this coach now he, he tells him, someone broke into our house. I need to leave her here. And I, a 13-year-old boy, am going to go back to my home. And the coach is just like, yeah, we'll be fine. I'll get her some pajamas. And the mom is like, go find the letters. My 13-year-old son, whose who's, our home was just broken into. Go back there and get the letters. It, I, I, that just doesn't... It makes you it makes you think of Will as older. He already doesn't look thirteen. 
He looks like a 17-year-old boy. And maybe you send a 17-year-old boy back. I ain't sending my 13-year-old son back to a... I'm not sending my 17-year-old kid back either. Like, let's put that out there. <laughs> oh, our house is just broken into and tossed by goons that have been watching us for weeks? Sure, yeah, go back. I don't care if you're my 25-year-old son. No. You got weapons or the police with you or something? Maybe. Um, so I was a little off-put by, again, none of the adults making good decisions, it seems. Last week, it was them just letting Lyra and Roger, or letting Roger go with Lyra and York and Lee off in, in the balloon. And in the book, it was so done so much better. They were escaping, and it was they didn't have no place to go but the balloon, and let's get out of here. And next thing you know, they're crashing, and then, you know, then the story progresses from there. So, um... So we get uh, we get Lee on the side of a mountain, crash balloon. He's humming his song. Hester's like, I don't like that song anymore. <laughs> it was a song from uh, episode uh, episode two or three when he showed up. Um, he's salvaging his busted balloon. Uh, Serafina shows up, finds Lee. She assures him. Everybody's safe. Ira lived. She didn't uh, die in that fall. And York and Roger are safe. You didn't fail us. She's in the. She's under the uh, care of another. And he's like, oh, she's alive. Um, but this, I've been wanting to say this since we saw Serafina. The scarification that they've got her, that they have on her, is so awesome. It's like there is an association of witches and tattoos, I think, in in literature and in lore. But scar the scarification is such a unique uh, look because we don't see it, especially in like in European cultures. I don't think a ton, or if it if it's a if it's a thing that they did, it's not something that comes up in the lore or in the mainstream retellings. Tattoos, certainly, but typically scarification is something brown people did all over the world. You know, whether in various parts of Africa or uh, 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 Australia and New Zealand, or throughout Asia, it was or South America, it was always it's always brown folks that did that. But hers is awesome. It's like cool designs that go up her neck and I think it's on her legs too I can't tell if those are tights or if they're supposed to be tights or if it's also supposed to be like the scarification or whatever it's supposed to be you know her her markings I think it's her markings I think it's the markings yeah 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 it's really cool and I just wanted to bring that up so Serafina assures Lee she gives him his gun that fell out when Lyra fell out and he's like, "How'd you find this?" Like, "Oh, I guess you want us you want me to fight again." And she's like, "You need to fight for all of us. This isn't just uh about about Lyra. You're not just fighting for her or something like that." We cut to York uh who's taking Roger and Lyra on a snowy ride. And this was one of the cheesier scenes of the of the series. 
this cut of the far away shot is okay. It's them two riding on the back of York, which I didn't have a problem with. A lot of people were like, "Why is she riding on his neck and not like in the in the middle of his back?" Like, like who cares? <laughs> but then they get this close up shot of Lyra and Roger, and it's like they're going up and down, but you don't see York, so it's just like. There is obviously on a machine that's going up and down, or it's just a camera effect making it look like they're on some kind of galloping animal, and it was just so cheesy. I just you know, but it was only a you know, quick two-second shot. Then we had a rapid succession of just quick scenes, quick scenes, quick scenes. So it was that one: York and Roger and Lyra just running through the snow. Then we had back to Will heading back home. He finds the letters. He opens up the sewing machine and he finds the letters. Then we cut back to York, right standing near the. Basically, I wrote in quotes, Azriel's lair. It's, yeah. It's just like kind of this. Uh, it's sort of like the his 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 station his uh his lab on the in the first episode how the series opened that opening scene of him up north. Uh, but it's it's basically a. It's, it looks <laughs> so similar. It's probably because they just, you know, it's like, hey, let's recycle that mountain scene. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't blame them in that, in that, in that situation. And then we cut to uh, Mrs. Coulter back in that hangar, watching more soldiers soldier and just putting stuff in in uh, boxes and hauling stuff into into airships and zeppelins because it's about to be on then we cut back to our world and Will it's now this is what I wrote it's now dark outside and Will is still home and still about to read the letters what the hell he gets there it's daylight he gets the letters they cut they do two scenes they cut back he's sitting on his bed and it's it's nighttime. And he's still like, okay, time to read the letter. Did he sit there for an hour as the sun set, convincing himself to read the letters? I think so. <sighs> Staying up in the wee hours. It just gave, it just gave, um, the henchmen and Thomas, because it's the two of them now coming back, time to show up. And it's dark, and they've got flashlights, and they're, you know, creeping through through the house. Back up a little bit, Mrs. Coulter in that hangar watching soldiers do soldier stuff. Someone, I think it was the Measures of Truth podcast on their Twitter. They go, all this military stuff looks really modern, so it's obvious where the Magisterium puts their efforts and funding. Because it's steampunky, industrial punk, you know, they're using airships and, you know, their cars are like cars from the 40s. But I'm pretty sure that man got like an M16 or AR-15 or, 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 you know, like some crazy uh, weaponry. Like some modern looking deadly weaponry. And then we see the preview for next week and the weapons that are on the airships. They got machine guns and like crazy incendiary bullets. So I think that was a good a, a good observation. Like 
Yeah, they do have a lot of modern uh, weaponry and weapon systems, and even their even their military outfits look very contemporary. Uh, so yeah, so the back to Will's house, they're they're creeping in. Um, they're, they're, Thomas goes upstairs where Will is in his bedroom. Uh, Will, oh, when he hears him come in, he 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 again doesn't read them. He closes the thing. He puts he stuffs them in his book bag, and uh, he stands by his door to open the door of his bedroom, and he wraps his fist in a belt. And I guess this is where you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He's a boxer. He's a boxer, so he knows. He he at least knows how to throw a punch. That is helpful. Yeah, not you know break his wrist or something, and then and, and use his hips and get some real power behind it and all that kind of stuff. Um. So yeah, so Thomas comes up the steps. It, it's not done like it was in the book. He doesn't fall down the stairs. He falls over the railing, which is a little weak in my mind because they didn't show the impact they barely showed Thomas's body though how he landed like so unless he like landed on like neck first you like you you fell half a story like literally it wasn't even as far as like a hell in a cell bump you know getting you know chokes land off the top of the hell in a cell through the announce table it's not even that far down yeah the difficulty isn't that but he went over he he did go over awkwardly so it's very likely he could have broken his neck they just didn't make it clear that's that's all i'm saying uh but he at least did trip over moxie uh or not trip over him but the cat was there um and i knew it was going to be thomas that that died and not the other henchman cuz thomas was the hacker not the real muscle so it's like alright if anybody's gonna die and again in the book they did it so fast like in the show he's on the second floor he looks down he drops his belt he grabs his backpack runs down the stairs looks at Thomas's body then notices the other guy, henchman guy, coming in with his flashlight, and then runs out of the apartment, runs out of the house, and hauls ass. It's like, what was the guy? What was the henchman doing that he didn't? That it took him like 15, 20 entire seconds to come into the living room to find out what's going on. Like you're breaking into somebody's house, your partner goes upstairs, you hear a big commotion, and it takes you almost half a minute to like. Stepping from the next room to the other to go, hey, what's happening? But in yes. the book, but in the book, it made a lot more sense because the guy was coming up the stairs. Will rushed into him with his shoulder, like to tackle him. The guy stumbling backwards tries to avoid the cat falls backwards down the stairs hits the back of his head and neck on a dresser or something on the stair you know the stair bend Will follows him down the stairs and the guy is coming from the kitchen and Will keeps it moving 
and runs out of the front door, all based, all in one kind of tackle, fall, run, look, run, you know, all happen, boom, 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 boom. Here, just they stretched it out and just unrealistic. It made the henchman, it made the henchman look like an idiot. If it was the henchman that got killed and Thomas was the one fumbling around trying to figure out what's going, again, he's not the professional goon. So right. it makes sense, or at least not the one that breaks into people's houses. He he might hack some stuff, but that's as goonish as he's gonna get. Um, and then we um. Oh oh, and then he leaves, and Elaine is at at the coach's house, looking out the window. Then she leaves the window, and then Will shows up outside of the window, but then turns around and thinks better and doesn't go in. So, uh, York drops uh, Lyra and Rogers off at uh, Azriel's laboratory. He's like, "Hey, if y'all need me, I'll I'll be out here, and don't be scared of any of the bears, cause those bears are now my bears." So they bang on the door. Thorough answers the door like, "Lyra, little Lyra, C- come on in, come 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 in, get get uh, start a fire," and. Roger goes with Thorough Thorold and Lyra goes up upstairs or she goes to you know for Azrael. So she waits down, Azrael comes, he's like and this was just like the book. He drops his papers. No. No. I didn't send for you. And Lyra's confused. She was just smiling. She's ready to ready to see her now father. And Roger even asked, are you okay? Because last time you saw him, he was your uncle. And she's like, no, I'm straight. I'm, I'll be good. Or, you know. And he's like, you have to leave. You have to turn around and leave. I did not send for you. He's just manic. And she's like, I, I, I came to free you. I don't understand why you're freaking out. He's like, no, you have to get out before I... And then... Star, uh, uh, Stelmaria growls before he can finish his sentence and goes, Azrael. And then he looks, sees Roger with Thorold and goes, Oh, who are you? I didn't know you came along. He goes, uh, uh, Roger Parslow, sir. I work in the kitchens at Jordan College. He goes, Roger Par it was the most obvious thing like he is looking at Roger like Roger is a snack and he is got the munchies <laughs> and Lyra knows something's wrong can't figure it out Roger definitely knows something's wrong and can't figure it out and he's like Roger Parslow I am very pleased you came after Two seconds ago was freaking out and wanted to make Lyra leave. He's now saying, "Oh, but this guy, I'm glad you're here, though." And and they just end the episode and like with Lyra in this state of confusion, like what, what, what happened? What's going on? And then we get our uh, and we get our credits. Bang. Mm-hmm. And we had another another really good episode. I mean, besides the uh, the underwhelming bear fight, um, it's, it's it's it was really good. I, I thought it paced well, and and they got the the stuff in that they needed to get. Uh, some of the stuff was rushed, but it's 
the nature of the format. Uh, in currently reading the Amber Spyglass, I'm a little worried, and Friday agrees. <laughs> I'm a little worried about season three slash four when they get to that part of the story. Um, I don't know how they're going to... Sh- if they can't show... If they're worried about Pan or the demons interacting and fighting each other or, or snuggling next to their humans, how are they going to do the CG of the Mulefa or the Galavespians? Because season four... Uh, or because Amber Spot... Metatron? Baruch and Barthalmos? Like... It ain't nothing but CGI. Well, let's mm, let's focus on the name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Friday f- figures they'll have uh, a lot more funding by then, and and or they're saving up. That's why we're not getting a lot of the uh, a lot of that now because there's you know they're saving their big stuff for for a few years from now. So. Let's hope, because, yeah. So yeah, the preview for next week looks fantastic, and they've got an army and soldiers and people shooting guns. Nothing like the book, so I think you know they just need a big season finale shebang, which is okay, and and it works with the story they're telling. So, yeah. Overall thoughts, Rich. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I would give it thumbs in the middle. Hmm. Good episode marred by that fight at the beginning and uh, kind of tread a little water. I'm, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Full front rousing thumbs up. I don't think the bear fight... I think it was good enough to overcome the bear fight. Just like the Bullvanger episode was good enough to overcome... The uh, the the Lyra and Pan lack of lack of affection and and the fact that everything was contained uh, in in the complex of the station and not nothing was taken out on the open ice open tundra like in the book. Um, afterwards, though, listening to like the Amber Spy uh, Spy uh, cast and and the the Dark Material podcast, they're bringing up like, well. What's going to happen when, if if one witch, if 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 what's called a Ruta Scotty, Ruta Scotty hasn't shown up yet. If Seraphina Pecola can do what she did, like twenty or two hundred witches should be able to end a fight like that. So when they get to like these big epic battles of 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 later in the in the in the story, they're going to have to. Uh, either nerf Serafina or explain that oh well she's extra witchy and not all the witches have like the Neo from the Matrix ability so we'll we'll see cause I'm uh yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not sure how they're gonna how they're gonna work that out like it was really awesome seeing her do what she did last week but then when you start to think about it like wait a second that was supposed to be like 20 witches doing that and it was just her. What happens when there are twenty or two hundred witches fighting? But you, but there, but you, there, there is the other side has witches too. Not all the witches are in agreement, so maybe they'll offset each other. But 
that's uh that'll be something to watch out for. I don't think we had I don't think we had any emails this week. Uh, but please uh, hit us on the social media. You can find us uh, find us on Twitter uh, at DDust Podcast. You can find us on uh, you can email us at DDust Podcast. I'm sorry, DDust Podcast at gmail.com. You can drop us a voicemail. You got three unadulterated minutes to ask questions, uh, post comments. Yell about this uh, underwhelming bear fight if you want. 415-787-5229. That's the voicemail line. So tweet us, email us, voicemail us. We are very interactive. Please reach out and contact us. Um, Let me make sure we didn't have any emails before I say we didn't. Yeah, no emails. So, yeah. Um, oh, next week, ho- it's planned that our good pal, uh, Cassie Explosion, she will be back for the finale. Um, so, let's hope that holds her schedule cleared up, that she'd be, she'll be able to join us for the finale. So, until the finale, which I do not know the name of, so... In keeping with tradition, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the name of next week's episode is. Uh, so until that unknown episode uh, next week, cross back over into this podcast world and uh, and give the Demon Dust Podcast a listen. So until next time, folks, thank you for joining us. Please uh, interact, reach out, contact us in those three ways, and. Uh, the demon dust podcast is hosted by travis bryant and rich fan the second and is produced by cameron hawkins for the south congress podcast network